Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Game Week, Game 1 episode, preview episode for the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Preview episode, I just thought we would spend this entire time dissecting Notre Dame, you know, how how well they're going to be and why they should be ranked number two in the country. Are they back? I mean, they're Notre Dame. College football's back, though, man. Yeah, I know. It was great. I I enjoyed, as, as one-sided as that game got, I still really enjoyed the first half. Um, I liked Navy's offense. It was just fun to see how many different ways they could figure out how to not throw a pass. I think their quarterback threw six passes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, it was great. I, I really enjoyed that. And then um, I hate to say that I missed the comeback. The Cumbie comeback. Mm. I missed it. I was, I was uh, there for the start of the game, and it was not going well, but I missed the – apparently they rattled off. What? They let them – they gave them – they spotted them 17 points. They spotted them – was it Long Island? No, Florida International. Yeah, Florida International. And then just we're like, nah, we're, we're just kidding, guys. We're actually going to win this game now. Yeah, I was uh, – I tuned into that game uh, before half, and I was like, hey, boys, this isn't looking good for our, our man – uh, Mr. Cumby out there. But. Yeah. Yeah, it was a rough go. It's a rough start. Well, Defense was back. looking a little shaky. Because they had uh he had the the sweet fortune of going up against an offensive coordinator who despite wanting to be an air raid offensive coordinator threw the ball six times. And I think netted <laughs> two yards. No way. They only threw six times? I'm almost positive. You know, I, I will look it up just to tell. I, I, I may be reciting some uh, facetial recollection. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're while we're talking about fellow tech school with red colors and a red raider involved, uh, all-timer name, Smoke Harris, five foot seven wide receiver, fast, shifty. Sometimes they'd pitch him the ball. He was fun to watch. Excuse me. They had and then 14 attempts. 14. I was like, it's got to be more than that, even though that is still a very, very small amount. Okay, so I guess we could... That's that's the ends of the show. So we just wrap it up now? No. I don't want to oh, end okay. the show and only, talk, only dunk on uh, David Yost and... How pitiful! You should have been wearing your hair raid shirt to do that. I may have to retire that permanently. (laughs) 
the air raid shirt might be see-through. It's very, it's very close. It's been, it, well, it's got a few miles on it. It does. I bought that. I think, uh, I believe bro designed it. Uh, he might have. Anyways, that's good times. Uh, we have, uh, plenty of big 12 football to talk about, including Texas tech football. My goodness. It never felt like it was going to get here, but here we are. We've got actual games this week, Thursday, big 12 games on Thursday, Kent state mm-hmm. traveling to Orlando, We've got Kansas hosting Missouri state on Friday. And then everybody else playing on Saturday. Um, so we'll, we'll get through that and we'll talk about our preview for the Cowboys, tell you why their offense sucks and their defense could be salty. Um, go through the depth chart quickly because uh, there weren't any surprises, maybe one. Uh, but when we went, when we give a projection based off of what we had been hearing on the message boards and from Don Williams, uh, we got what we were expecting, basically. So uh, we'll talk about that, how that's going, how they're going to line up against Wyoming, and then um, preview the game, man. Um, yeah. Give you our our actual point prediction projections. I know we we predicted a win. Uh, there's a line on this game. Um, we'll do all that, man, and more. So have you, I'm, I'm showing you my bald eagle Tervis cup. Oh, there it is. I just felt like it was Wyoming appropriate. It's brown. It's brown and gold. Sticking with See? my 23 person. We're friendlies. We're friendlies here down in West Texas. Anyways, I don't have anything else, man. I just want to get into in, in talking some, some football, some actual football. So you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Thing. And over the middle, it is caught. It's Martinez. Nehemiah, touchdown. Crossing pattern. There it is. Miles Price. He's got room. Down the sideline. Miles and miles and miles. 54 yards. A touchdown. Look at the end zone. Bradley. He's got it. What a start for Texas Tech. And handed off Brooks. Finds the hole. Brooks up the middle. And he's gone. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Uh, Daniels will go to throw, looking towards the end zone. It is Smith. Oh, and it's intercepted. Adrian Taylor Demerson. Morton runs it over the middle, and it's caught. Bradley 
breaks a tackle, sprints in the end zone, and touchdown, Texas Tech. Shot winds up the deep ball, sideline, caught, touchdown, Raider Raiders. What a throw. And now the senior scores. Hutchings with the senior moments. <laughs> Gabriel. Design quarterback run! Yes! Touchdown, Texas Tech! Looking for a bunch. A man's open! Touchdown, Jared Bradley! Hand off Thompson. Again, the dead leg. Thompson! Touchdown, Texas Tech! Play action for Dart. Pass blocks and it's intercepted. Waters has it. Money Waters. Another big play. Shuck's going to keep it again. Shuck dives in the end zone. And he's got the touchdown. For the win. Did he? He did! Texas Tech, a winner! Right. Texas Tech, a winner. We are so very much looking forward to hearing that on Saturday night. Um... Let's uh let's let's run, roll through the Big Twelve first, Michael, before we get to Texas Tech, um, and then we'll we'll do our our full on preview, man. What do you say? I'm I am, I've been waiting since December for this moment. <laughs> well, I'd hate to keep you waiting any longer, man. It's cool. All I right. also found out that Snickers makes a protein bar now. While we were, is I'm, it I'm, is I'm it got to try that. An actual protein bar is one of those things because the, there have been a, a handful of accounts I've seen on TikTok that will uh, just out of just for fun, they're graphic designers. They'll rebrand something to make it sound healthy. Like, oh well, it says fuel up with epic taste and twenty grams of protein. It's a pretty good hit. Of not a sponsor, by the way. No, of course, this not. is not some viral marketing scam. I just really like Snicker bars, and this was in my feed because, of course, it was. Well, there you go. Okay. So grab you a protein bar and let's let's go through the Big Twelve picks. My bad. All right, Thursday night, Kent State going to UCF monster line thirty four and a half. Is our boy uh Sor- not Sorrels uh the offensive coordinator from Shallow Water? Is he still there? At Kent State. Ooh, good question. Now that's downright disrespectful. Thirty five points. Do you think UCF's going to cover at home? No. In the bounce house? No. That's a big spread. That's a really big line. It's monstrous. It's huge. Um, I'm with you. I, I would take I would take Kent State plus 35, 34 and a half. <laughs> just, it's just so yeah. it's it's a, it's very large. It makes me smile to even say the, the line. Some of these other ones are actually like pretty comical. Um yeah. yeah. We'll get there. So Missouri State at Kansas, because it's FCS, uh, there is no line. Um Kansas money line, obviously, because I'm a I'm a big believer in the Jayhawks this year. You are, you are. Okay. Um. Do you do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think Missouri yeah, State Kansas. got a shot here? Nah, Kansas will win. All right. Uh, Saturday, Colorado at TCU. TCU is getting a healthy 21 points, man. That is. I don't know, man. I don't know about TCU. I know Colorado could be just epically disastrous. Um. They could also 
be not as bad because you just don't ever you don't really know what uh, Dion's put together. But twenty one seems like a lot. Uh, I, I want to take Colorado yeah. to cover, man. That's where I'm leaning to. I'm a I am a confirmed TCU hater, so that kind of plays into well, there you go. that part of my personality. I, but I, it's not like I don't see TCU winning this. I, oh, no. I, I, like I you said, it's just win. such a – yeah, it's such a question mark. Um, I mean, I, I think Fort Worth's going to be – they may actually have some fans there. That that would be good. So there might be a – Will they be Colorado fans? Advantage. They could be. Or Cowboys fans. Yeah. Just a bunch of Cowboys fans dying for some football. Um, Alabama fans but, with uh, JoJo Earl? I guess. <laughs> but, I I mean, I could see TCU winning this by 17 or 14 or something. I don't I don't necessarily think TCU is going to lose or anything, but 21 is a big ask for me Yeah. Um, with how much they lost last year despite Colorado coming in with just one win last year. So, yeah, Colorado plus 21. Arkansas State at OU, 33 and a half for the Sooners. Just to be kind of different, I might take OU because that is a ridiculous line. I, I just yeah, I think there's a chance a that that could. Yeah, I think there's a chance we could see that. Okay, so the next one, uh, I <sighs> I have to I have to shout out Seth at Sangam Plans because he wrote like he took some absolute body <laughs> shots um, at Iowa State. So Northern Iowa at Iowa State, there's no line, um, presumably because it is an FCS game, although it's possible uh, that they just didn't want Iowa State players betting on Iowa State games. It's a risk now. <laughs> it is a proven uh, thing that happens up there names. Um I can't, I can't even tell you like what I think about Northern Iowa. It will probably be closer than you think it should be. Um, well, all I know is that the Cyclone Larry has been going bonkers today about how big Iowa State's offensive line is. So, Is that going to matter if they don't have a quarterback or a running back? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it matters a lot. It matters a lot to Iowa State fans. They'll be standing there. Uh, you know, all resolute like, like they're like they're a pedestrian bridge, but will it actually make a difference in the game? Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Maybe they will part the waters for RB three to run through, and you know, get a, get get some yards, get downfield. Rice, get some pass, get some pass protection to not Deckers. Yeah, like. Yeah. Anyways, Rice at Texas, thirty-five, huge line. I still think Texas can and probably will cover this. I think so too. Eastern Kentucky at Cincinnati, no line. Um, Cincinnati's going to be down this year. Not that bad. Cincinnati is going to win this one. Agree. Southeast Missouri at Kansas State, no line. Kansas State. Um. All right. Here's here's one of the things. So we have to throw back to our. Uh, our Big 12 preview from last week is Baylor good enough to cover a 26 point spread versus Texas State? I'm not saying Texas State's any good. 26 is a lot of points. How many points did Baylor average last year? 
you know, I can I can find that out really quickly. Because that just seems like a lot to ask in general. All right. So, so yeah, go ahead. They were six and seven. The the page isn't loading. They went six and seven last year. Um last sunrise in the comments here, Texas State plays Baylor tough. <laughs> yeah. They do. They uh they they get up for that that trip. Baylor scored on average thirty two points per game while so, giving up twenty seven. So uh they're asking a lot to win by twenty six. Because I don't, I don't want to believe in Baylor. Give me Texas State to cover this. Yeah, I, that's that's where I was heading to. Okay, so one of the lines we've that, agreed on every one of them so far, which means we're, <laughs> we're all going to be wrong. Uh, yeah. This other one caught my eye because it was funny. UTSA at Houston. Houston is a slight dog at home. <laughs> it's a pick 'em, but they are a dog at home. Point, uh, point hat. They're a, they're a half point underdog at home to the Roadrunners. So essentially, who's going to win this game? Um, I I want to believe Houston's not that bad. Like UTSA had their shot, and they're they're not like they're not bottoms bottom cellar dwellers. Um, but geez, uh, I mean, you'd think offensively they'll be able to keep up with the vaunted roadrunner offense, right? <laughs> well, I mean, last year I should have looked into this game a little bit more. I actually did watch it last year and it was at UTSA and it went into either single or double overtime. That's right. And Houston got really lucky during those periods. I, I think UTSA was up two scores or something late, really late. And Houston was somehow able to get it to overtime. Uh, I'm not. I'm not seeing that magic happen again. They even went though to, this. This is at home. They went to triple overtime. It was triple. Okay, it was an insane game, and, and it was like week one. It was great. Yeah. It was like it was a really good way to start off the season. It was week one. Um, in three overtimes, Michael Houston scored thirteen points. I'm like, going to take UTSA. I just don't think they have the same. I, I think they're better coached. It did take us going out on a limb to say that. And I, I just don't think Houston's going to have the same luck they did last year. And I know different rosters, different everything, but that's how I'm picking this one. It did take a 17 point fourth quarter from the Cougars to send it to overtime. It was um, nuts. I know we talked about how much Houston's replacing basically any significant contributors gone. Um, they got a, they got a good running back from West Virginia. They got Donovan Smith. Um, defensively, they're going to be bad. But I mean, it's the Roadrunners, right? Like they're 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 better than that. I don't give me give me Houston to win one of their own okay. Games. All right, we'll be. We'll be different we'll on disagree. this. Disagree. Central Arkansas. Yeah. Central Arkansas and Oklahoma State. Um I'm only interested in this game to see which quarterbacks start or just play for Oklahoma State. Um apparently our man Alan Bowman still hasn't won that job, which is Wait, are you serious? Have I missed out on this? I thought he was named No Did they not No, he what? uh Gundy said like 
like basically he pulled um McGuire from last it's year, like it's all his three son, right? Uh, uh, and yeah, so Gundy's son is one of the the. Uh, I think they have three quarterbacks, and 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 Gundy's one of them. Uh, Bowman, but I think there's somebody else in that mix too. Either way, uh, Oklahoma State's going to win this one, but yeah, goodness, West Virginia at Penn State. Penn State is a three touchdown favorite. Uh. Give me Penn State to cover. Yeah, me too. I'm not even. Yeah, yeah. It's 20, 20 and a half. Penn State minus 20 and a half. Um, if, if you had this as a prop bet, Michael, would you take it? Alan Bowman completes a pass over 25 yards. On Saturday? Versus Central Arkansas. Man, if he hasn't been named it. Uh, you know what? Yes. I would I would take that because even if he's not named the starter, theoretically, he should be playing in the third quarter. <laughs> you would hope. When they're up by 21 or who knows. FBS newcomer Sam Houston on the road in Provo at BYU. BYU is a 23, healthy 23-point favorite. Um, another one of those teams where I don't know what we're going to see with BYU Sam Houston was a good FCS team. So it's not like they're, they've been bad, but like still that's a huge jump, right? Um, even like really good FCS teams, unless you're, you know, North Dakota state, like you're, you're getting blown out the second half just because of depth issues. Um, man, I give me the Cougars to cover. Well, you, you mentioned that, this is a really good matchup because uh, last week you talked about their defensive coordinator, and by they I mean BYU's, is uh, from the FCS. Yeah, from uh, so Utah Valley or Southern Utah or something. We were one of those Utah schools. So this could line up really well, but partially just to be different, I'm going to take Sam Houston, and because Texas forever. Well, 23 is a big how number. Dare, how dare you root against a Texas team? That was always well, the golden rule growing up. Well, you got to root for Texas teams. No, no, I really don't. But I, in this case, I'm going to. Well, don't you know, as like as a as a, a member of this church, I, I'm I'm a BYU fan second, right? Yes. Yes, Just of course I do. I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that. There are a ton of people. Oh, okay. When BYU comes to, to Texas, uh, when they play in Lubbock, you'll see a lot of Lubbock BYU fans. You'll see, do you, what's the what's the over under on Dr Pepper consumption? Um, the BYU tailgates. Well, I don't know if it would be Dr Pepper because I don't I don't know where they 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 fall on the Coke, Dr Pepper, Pepsi, hmm. Venn diagram like where their their taste. But it's gonna it's gonna be high. It's gonna be up there. It's gonna be up there. All right, all right. Uh, Texas Tech fourteen point favorites on the road let's tell you how they're going to get there michael um texas tech heading to laramie wyoming uh supposedly based on the research of our good friends galen gaucho is the highest elevation college football stadium in america up there for the cowboys they are i'm gonna i'm gonna reference some s p plus numbers uh Team ranking Wyoming is 90th. Texas Tech 
is 32nd. This is uh, preseason heading into the season. Uh, the Cowboys. Are they Cowboys? Yes. I've been saying that. I'm like, wait, I, that didn't feel right. Okay. Uh, head led by head coach Craig Bowl, 10th season, uh, just barely under 500 for his career. I think it's like 490 something, but it's uh, one of their better ones, one of their better head coaches. Um, they've past couple years have been pretty decent. Um, they've gone seven and six twice. They, they had a winning record in winning record in the mountain West last year, tied for second. They were five and three in conference, uh, lost a heartbreaker to Ohio in the Arizona bowl, uh, seven and six and 21 tied for fourth in the mountain West, but <laughs> did that by going two and six. Um, but defeated our, uh, our man, Souter. His name's Souter. I was thinking Sorrels, but that's the basketball. Souter. I know. At yeah. Kent State. 52-38 in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. They didn't have to go very far for that one. Um, yeah, the last four bowls they've been in have been the same two bowls. Arizona and the Idaho yeah. Potato Bowl. Idaho Potato Bowl, Arizona. Idaho Potato Bowl, Arizona. Yep. Um, if you missed it really quickly, we'll we'll run through the, the, the depth chart for, for Texas tech. Um, so you can get a feel for, for what we're going to see. Um, starting offense, Tyler Shuck at quarterback, Taj Brooks, uh, your receivers, your outside receivers are going to be Loic Fungi, Jaron Bradley, uh, inside starters will be Dre McCray, Miles Price, uh, your tight end Baylor cup or Mason Tharp, um, left tackle Monroe Mills, left guard Cole Spencer, center Rusty Stats. Right guard, Dennis Wilburn. Right tackle, Caleb Rogers. Um, when we went through our, our preview and projection not that long ago, this was essentially what we we had thrown out there. The only difference I think would have been um, we would have had Dr- Xavier White starting at the other inside receiver spot where Dre McCray is slotted to start um, because I think we'd heard McCray was working with, with outside receivers. Um Whatever he's going to be, you're starting H receiver, uh, but that one th- that's the receiver position within this offense that will be subbed out most frequently when the tight end is on the field. Um, mm-hmm. So those you're starting, you're starting eleven or twelve really, but twelve positions for the offense. No surprises for me. Depth, um, your your second string running back Cameron Valdez. Um, Excited about, about that one-two punch. Bryson Donnell for the third guy, uh, which I think you'll, you'll start to see him a little bit more um, week three, if not some this weekend, but definitely week three. Um, your backups for your outside receivers, so Jordan Brown is going to be out there with Fungi, and J.J. Sparkman will be behind Bradley. Um, inside, supposedly behind McCray, will be Brady Boyd. Uh, behind Price is Xavier White and Nehemiah Martinez. Um, and then your offensive line, I hope, hopefully you roll with these these five. Um, I don't know if you would just plug and play the second string guy if somebody gets hurt. Um, but um, what we've seen a lot is, is just some shuffling around like, you know, if, if Mills goes out at left tackle, does Caleb Rogers flip over to left and Ty Buchanan step up or they just go straight to Matt Keeler at left tackle? It doesn't really matter, but 
your second string offensive line, Matt Keeler, Jacoby Jackson, Sheridan Wilson, Lennon Peterson, Ty Buchanan. Any surprises there, Michael? No, I mean, okay. like you mentioned, Xavier White, and I was kind of hoping that Nehemiah Martinez might be not third string right now, but we'll just we'll just see how the rest of it plays out. I, I know it's just uh, kind of a place to start for most of these guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I, I think what what's exciting about that for me is we know um, how good Xavier White and Nehemiah Martinez are. Uh, as you know, they, we, we've seen flashes of them. Xavier White's been here for forever. Nehemiah Martinez had some some good good plays last year um but to be offset you know by newcomer and dre mccray uh, i think is just telling just how well he's taken to the offense yeah uh, so quickly yeah that's a that's definitely a positive to take from it and i mean not that i expected sparkman to be out there ahead of bradley or fungi i i'm just really excited to see him play and i, I think he may work his you know he may work into quite a few reps um, defensively, there was, uh, I guess, a surprise for me, uh, and, and the cornerback rotation, but, um, I mean, we, we had heard it, especially from, from Don Williams. He was talking about, like, basically you have got three starting cornerbacks vying for two spots. Um, but up front, uh, and the linebackers, no surprises, your edge, uh, Miles Cole, your interior tackles, Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford, your rush outside linebacker will be Steve Linton. Uh, middle linebacker, Jacob Rodriguez, your weak side, your will linebacker, Josiah Pierre, uh, your star, uh, CJ Baskerville, um, and then your your field cornerback. I don't know how how, how tied to, you know, short side, um, you know, field and boundary that will be tied, like if they'll flip every every time the, the play shifts across the field. But uh, basically one side of the, the, the secondary will be Rashad Williams, at corner and rabbit at safety. Um, on the other side, Tyler Owens at safety and then Braylon Lux or Malik Dunlap was listed at the other cornerback with Lux being listed first. Um, which I think is telling because of how, how confident we all were in the Rashad Williams and Malik Dunlap pairing at corner to then have transfer newcomer Braylon Lux to be able to step in there, uh, and, and, maybe even unseat Dunlap as a starter. Um, but if you need a third cornerback, if you're going to roll with a, a dime type package where you're going to sub off, um, you know, a linebacker and need, a, need another corner coverage guy, I don't think you take a hit there in terms of your ability. Um, my... Not surprise, but my, my my concerns with this defense, and I, I've said it all along, is just your 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 inside linebackers, your middle linebacker, your weak side linebacker. Um, they've played and they played a bunch. Um, Josiah Pierre is in a new position. Um, Jacob Rodriguez w- w- was coming on last season. Tyreek Matthews has played. He, he's listed as the, the backup to Rodriguez. Um, but man, like you look at linebackers, then you're you're not really talking about skill as so much potential, right? Like you're not saying these guys have yeah. been here forever. Like everywhere else, you can say, man, Miles Cole, Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford, um, anything like that. It's like 
Rodriguez looked good last year. He, he you know, played, he was coming on a little bit. Uh, Josiah Pierre had, was, was pretty good, but he was coming to do it. You know, he's playing a new position this, this season. So uh, want to see that, that group kind of tightened up a little bit and really feel some, some confidence there. Cause I don't, if you've got a hole right there in the middle, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to affect your, your, your defensive effectiveness, but we'll see. Uh, Cause Wyoming's going to try to run the ball. Uh, and if they're going to be able to get through the line, you got, you know, a, a couple of new linebackers there that will need to figure out how to play those positions. So. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest positive for me is just, Look at this. This is a three deep. It this is, is in, this is incredible to me. And and none of these names are repeats that I can tell. I mean, maybe I've missed some, but we have a three deep on every defensive position. There are three guys capable, except for uh Joseph safety. Plunk is listed twice. Okay. So that but there's just really it's not like I remember seeing last year where it seemed like there were a lot of guys listed twice. Yeah, they were like, if, if this one guy goes down, he's going to shift completely across the field, but because he's the backup, yeah. whatever. Yes, he's he's second string, you know, cornerback with third string safety, and so or whatever it was. Yeah, but but yeah, it's that's promising to me. Um, and then you know the the starters, like you said, they're they're proven guys, and if everybody can stay healthy, I feel really good about it. What would you crack up? No, it's just a, a comment uh, about you know us bringing somebody that back down to earth talking about the defense um, because we've been so high on, on the, the potential of this team. Um, no, I, I, I think there's still a lot to be excited about. And, and I think this team could still be really good, especially on, on defense. There's, there's some, some definite potential there, but I think for me, my concern will be um, not so much settled or, um, satiated or whatever you talk about concern uh after the first game but just just i, w- I want to feel more comfort <laughs> with the linebackers uh d- depth wise um you were talking about the three deep uh my only concern w- with a lot of the depth is no they're not repeats but they're a lot of young guys sure. um joseph adatera is going to back up miles cole he's not so much a young guy but um because he, he played and was looking pretty good last year uh, hoping to maybe even redshirt him, but as a, as a, the backup, I don't know if that's gonna that's gonna work out. Transfer defensive tackle Qu- Quincy Ledette will be behind Hutchings, Duda or Demarion Banks backing up Tony Bradford. Um, behind those guys, Charles Esters, Blake Burris, Trey McAlpine, um, Rush, and uh, Bryce Ramirez or Isaac Smith. Would love to see Bryce Ramirez be able to get back on there. Isaac Smith, I, I remember him playing a lot during the Oklahoma game. Looked pretty good. Um, your linebackers, Tyreek Matthews, Ben Roberts, Wesley Smith, maybe even Ty Kenna, um, star. Um, so behind CJ Baskerville, Brennan Jordan, uh, is a true freshman, Joseph Plunk, um, corner Jalen peoples, I believe is a fre- is a freshman Cameron Watts, Chapman Lewis backing up rabbit at safety. Uh, Plunk is the primary backup for Tyler Owens. So he was third on the depth chart for star, but he's the backup for the boundary safety. So at least there's some overlap there with positions that there's a safety. Uh, and then Jordan Sanford there. And then uh, behind Malik Dunlap and Braylon Lux on the other corner is 
Marion Horn. So like I said, lots of youth there. Um, would like for them to get experience, uh, but not out of necessity. I want to see them be able to pick up snaps <laughs> in games where Dex Dex got a lead and, and we got the, the luxury of, of uh, spreading out the snaps a little bit. Specialists, Michael, let's talk about them for a second. No surprise here with the punter, Austin McNamara, uh, the kicker, Gino Garcia. I, think, I believe he started off as a starting kicker. Uh, was it last year or the year before, before he got replaced by uh, Trey Wolf? Um, yeah, I think it was last year. Kickoff specialist will be Reese Burkhart. It's a new addition to the um, to the roster. Your primary kick returner, Jordan Brown, but you also have Xavier White and Miles Price back there. And then punt returner, Miles Price. So. I didn't see Drew Hocutt on there. I'm okay with that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so am I. All right. Um, this game, I know we talked about, we were going to be quick, quick with the depth chart. Um Wyoming, they, they have their depth chart. Uh, we'll start with the offense and we'll, we'll go with the preview overall though. Michael, they've got, uh, they've got a, uh, a special stripe out planned this weekend. Uh, do you think that brings any extra juice for the Cowboys fans? I think it will because I, you know, we joke about being people's super bowls and whatnot. I mean, it's just, it's just used for everything now. Uh, like pumpkin spice is my Super Bowl, maybe, possibly. <laughs> pumpkin spice in August. We'll get to that later. But it's, I think there's already going to be enough juice anyway. I think it's going to be a, a great crowd. Um, Texas Tech, we know that people have heard of us. And, uh, and you know, we're, we're coming to a smaller school, not a lesser school, just a smaller school. And I, I think people are going to come out in force and, and, you know, be anxious to see what their defense can do against a Big 12 offense and and hope that their, uh, their rushing attack, which we'll talk about later, which is a, kind of a really big question mark right now, will be able to run the ball because this is a very run-heavy offense. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think the stripe out could help bring some juice. I, I just think it's going to be a great atmosphere. There's a lot of guys so. that we know that we know personally that are going. I'm very jealous of every single one of them. There was no way I could commit to that this year, but – I've I've got to do a big time road road trip road game someday. I would love to do that. Uh, we have been to a, a Texas Tech road game, but it wasn't all that far. We went to Albuquerque um, the year that Seth Dagey threw like seven touchdowns. And oh, like was four that with incompletions? Uh, crap! That was with the was it Darren Moore? I, I, I think so. I think he had like six TDs that game or something. It was. Yeah, it's just something we were like, oh, Michael Crabtree, <laughs> two point we're good to go. <laughs> I do remember rock and was, roll, no worries. Uh, there were a lot of fans that were entering in in front of in, in front of the Texas Tech section because we were like in a corner, but there was like a just a, a pathway egress well, into just, the stadium. Let's, but you've you've got three kids, I've got one, no big deal. Let's just let's just rent a very large RV and just drive to Eugene next year. You know, with, call it. with all of the uh, with all the planning, the road trip planning we were doing for the Wyoming game, uh, there were several vehicles in play that we we could have we could have gone in on it. <laughs> um, whether it was a, a modified like 1980s style conversion van, but it was sitting on yeah. like the chassis of a 
of a like 2500 dually or something um yeah or like a, a modified <laughs> peterbilt <laughs> full-on tractor trailer you probably need a cdl to drive but that's fine yeah i can figure it out the the map doesn't show where um the, the stadium map doesn't show where where visiting fans are going to be so wherever uh Wherever that, that's going to end up, there's going to be a, a block of red there. It's going to break up their gold and brown. And I'm sorry, like, that's a terrible color combination. Brown and any like sport. It. I, brown and sport. So, but them and the, the, the Padres, man, just can't, can't do brown. Um, I think the Cleveland Browns look okay when they have quite a bit of orange going with it. Because <laughs> it's the orange. Um, yeah, that's fair. So... You brought up the the the, the rushing uh, attack for for Wyoming. Um, let's talk about the offense for the Cowboys. They uh, last year were led by running back Titus Swin, um, eleven hundred yard rusher, five yards per carries in the NFL. Uh, did he make the fifty three man roster for the Colts today? That was th- I wrote that down yesterday, so I don't know. I know that he was he was possible signed with them or whatever it is he's practicing with them right now so i'm not actually sure if he made the roster but yeah he's so yeah they've got a thousand yard rusher to replace yeah and and the the depth chart came out um an official depth chart as of the 21st it's been a week already um they're looking at jamari farrell 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 he's not a cat dude jamari farrell dk james sam scott um the problem is guys on the on the team that they've had experience from uh, previously, like Dwayne Dwayne McNeely, um, unfortunately tore an ACL recently, and he'll be out for the season. He was projected the projected starter, um, Jamari F- Farrell. I'm gonna go with Farrell. Yeah, uh, this, I would say Farrell. Jamari Farrell. Okay, let's let's do Farrell. Jamari oh Farrell. Uh, you could always trust me to get a name pronunciation correctly. Saddleback Community College transfer in uh, 5'8". So he's a little dude. 5'8", 200. Uh, reminds me a lot of like uh, some of that size would be like um, Washington that we had at Tech a few years ago. It was about that size. Or like Sedale Foster type size guy. Um DQ James, 5'7", 170. Uh, he did play a little bit last year, 40 carries, 355 on the ground, eight, more than eight and a half yards per carry. Um, did have, sorry, he did have an ACL injury in 2022, so his, his, his uh, season was shortened. Um, so with uh, their offense, super run heavy, they are, they're going to a junior college transfer, and we all know, it usually takes a year for those guys to make the adjustment. Uh, backing him up is somebody that's coming off of a season-ending injury. Um, man, they they their offense, their rushing offense at least, could be you know what they want to highlight. But timing-wise, like they, they they may have the chips stacked against them, man. Yeah, and, and you brought up a you've got another point up here. I didn't. I looked into well, the running back some, the, the but offensive line. Yeah, I mean, you know, the guys opening the lanes for him, that's going to be kind of a tough challenge for Wyoming as well. Yeah, they're they're return they're starting three new guys on the offensive line. Um 
basically their only returning starter from last year is going to be their left tackle, Frank Crum. Uh, their center, Nofa, Nofa Afia Tulafono, has starting experience, um, but was not listed as a, as a returning starter. New guys that they're 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 breaking in this week. Uh, left guard Wes King is a redshirt freshman, never played college football. Obviously, he's a redshirt freshman, redshirt last year. No snaps for him. Right guard Jack Walsh, redshirt sophomore. Uh, right tackle Caden Barnett, also a redshirt sophomore. They have um, experience. They've, they've played in a couple games, but uh, trying to get three new guys on the offensive line to open up holes for a junior college transfer running back and a guy coming off of an ACL tear could be a tough row to hoe man yeah and two of the guys that you've got to move out of the way to do that are jalen mr hutchings and a mr bradford <laughs> oh and they're also gonna have their hands Oof. full with miles cole uh, yeah and yeah. if they He's drop back to pass man. steve linton yeah i so i i, I kind of i mean i wish dewine mcneely and this is not us going extremely west texas saying dewine with like an extra syllable. It's it's like Hawaiian, but with a D. Yeah, Dewine. Which is really cool. I like that one. So Dewine McNeely, if, if he was healthy, I would feel a little bit more worried about this. Yeah, due to Bruiser, 6'2", um, 215. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... Well, who was that kind of on the Giants? Like Brandon Jacobs? Yeah. The guy that... Yeah. So it just kind of reminded me of a guy about that size and that build. But yeah, last year he... Rushed 63 attempts for 367 yards, averaged 5.7 yards per carry. Um, you, you know, he's, he would have been a really good piece for them to have available this year. But with him out and then with the inexperience at the offensive line, I this offense is – I think they're really going to have some trouble on, yeah. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They, they may be leaning more on the arm of their quarterback, Andrew Peasley, uh, as a grad transfer – uh, but he'll be a second-year starter for Wyoming. Came from Utah State, played for them last year. Played for the Cowboys last year, 6'2", 220. Um, <clears throat> did run a little bit, 81 carries for yeah. almost 500 yards, uh, about four yards per carry. Um, not not very good passing. Like he, he was he was a a, a running back that can throw. Um, completed only 52 percent of his passes for just under 1600 yards, 10 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Um, so if, if they're leaning on Peasley, they're going to be throwing the ball out to, uh, you know, Trayton Welch tight end, uh, Wyatt Wheeland, a slot guy or Alex Brown, uh, big guy outside six, four, two Oh one. Um, but man, like they may be well, really counting on their defense to keep him in this game, which I think is a tall yeah. task given, what we have on offense. Yeah. I mean, just, just for some, just some uh, context, you know, Andrew Peasley, he threw 200 or he attempted 275 passes last year. And that's about what Donovan Smith attempted for Texas tech, just to give you kind of an idea of the volume. They're they're just not really, they're not going to pass the ball much. And like you said, his, his percentage is low. Um, he had 12 interceptions, pretty much averaged one every game. I think it was 12. Is that right? 
Where did I write that down? Oh, no, it was nine. It was 12 as a team. The backup had the other three. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's options there. You know, one of these cornerbacks fighting for a spot. <laughs> maybe he maybe he takes one to the house or something and, and earns maybe his spot. One. Yeah. Yeah, on Saturday. So uh, I wish I had a little bit more of a positive report, but this the offense is not what I'm concerned with. Mm-hmm. I am concerned with, but I don't think the game's going to be this close. Let's just let's just give John Hoyland a shout out, the kicker, kicker before we okay. get to defense. It's a, almost ninety percent uh, on, yeah. on his field goals, twenty two of twenty five. Uh, he's got a leg. He's four or five over fifty yards. Yes, and was perfect on he, PATs. Perfect on PATs. He hit twenty eight PATs last year, and he only missed three field goals. So shout out to John Hoyland. I, I, I like I like kickers. I always like looking at the kicker stats. I don't know why. Um, good coming into the season before even some of these the injury news was breaking. I mean, their S and P plus rating for the offense is bad, hundred nineteenth. Um, and they'll be going up against the Texas Tech defense, which is ranked what was ranked or projected as number sixty six. Um. Last year they threw for 132 yards per game, rushed for 181 yards per game, five just over five yards per play, which is not bad. I mean, it's, it's pretty respectable with how much they were running yeah. the ball. Um, yes. Not great on third down, only 35%. Fourth down, they went for seven times, Michael, all year, seven it's, fourth down attempts. How many times did Tech go for it against Ole Miss? Was it seven? Something like that. I, I know I mean, it was they, six against Texas alone. Yeah, so they're um, pretty. They're going to play it pretty conservative. Who who knows? They may change that up, knowing they're kind of behind the gun. But I would be very surprised if they do a lot of fourth down con- attempts this Saturday. Yeah, and so when you look at the numbers and they compare to Tech Tech defense last year, I, I I don't know without any any obviously any any data to update this. We're going to look at last year's performance. Typically, when when there's a disparity. Um, like when the offense isn't as good as the defense, I would say like there's there's they're going to meet in the middle. Like their yards, pass yards per attempt. Texas Tech was giving up almost eight yards per attempt last year to Wyoming's uh, 5.7 yards per attempt. I don't think that'll be the case. I think it'll still still, still remain pretty close to the five points. I'm just with uh, the way that we talked about the Wyoming offense. Um, they averaged just under five yards per carry on this season. Uh, under 35% on their third and fourth down conversions and only put up 21 points per game. Text Tech allowed 30 points per game. Um, again, I don't, that's not one of the categories where I, I'm, I, I see them kind of meet in the middle. I think it'll, I don't know if Wyoming will get 21 points. I don't think they will. Yeah, I don't either. Um, defensively though, for the Cowboys, this is where they have some, some, some hope, at least in, in, in their, their, their conference schedule looking ahead. They, we talked about the returning production episode, returned basically everybody from their defense projected number 62 on defense, which is better than the Texas tech offense at 66. Sorry. Better than the Texas tech defense at 66 Wyoming defense at 62, but they will be facing the number 15 offense from Texas tech. They are led by Jay Savell. Savell. Chevelle, DC, previously defensive coordinator at Minnesota and Wake Forest. Um, they returned 79% of the re- returning production wow. from 2022, which is good for 31st in the country. Uh, run essentially a base 4 3. 
but against a team like Texas Tech, you won't see three linebackers on the field. There will be more of a nickel uh, or maybe even a dime type defense. Uh, they did give up 217 yards through the air per game, a, a bunch on the ground, 154 yards on the ground. Um, they held teams to only 38%. They were 73 of 91 on third down. Uh, not good on fourth down. 10 of 18. They allowed teams to convert 56% of their fourth down attempts. Um, but here's where they have some hope. They return key guys at basically every level of the defense. Michael, tackles, ends, linebackers, and defensive backs, man. Uh, up front, two guys you'll need to know, defensive tackles, Cole Godbout and Jordan Bertinoli. I did know how to, how to say that because I heard his name said. Um, in the middle, they combined for 83 tackles and five sacks, which is a lot of sacks for defensive tackles. Um, their ends are even more impressive. I think Devon Harris, 57 tackles, eight and a half sacks. Braden Siders, although he's listed behind Harris on the depth chart, last year they played opposite each other. He had, Siders had 44 tackles and seven sacks. So their ends combined for 15 and a half sacks. Gosh. Um, so their ends can get after a man. Uh, but strangely enough, Siders is listed behind Harris on the depth chart. Don't know what's going on there. Uh, middle linebacker, as you would expect on any kind of stout defense, led the team in tackles uh, with 121. Michael, that is a ton. Um, I don't have Merriweather's numbers in front of me, but it, it, it was like up there. Um, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and one fumble recovery for a touchdown. I don't know if that was all the same play, but uh, dude was able to force a turnover and then um, convert those into points next to him. Weak side linebacker, Shea Suanoa, 73 tackles second on the team in tackles. So you go from first 121 and middle linebacker, Easton Gibbs to their second guy, only 73 tackles, 50 tackle difference there. Uh, did have, he did add one interception defensive backs, Wyatt Eckler, uh, 67 tackles, seven pass def- passes broken up, one interception, one forced fumble and recovery. Safety, Isaac White, 66 tackles and three passes broken up. Uh, and then the corner, Ja'Cory Hawkins, um, was actually big in their game against BYU last year. Um, but he's second on the team with passes broken up with eight and an interception. So those are those are just the returners, Michael. Uh, guys that started and played a lot of, a lot of minutes, a lot of snaps for uh, the Cowboy defense last year. Um, basically, their entire entire defense. I think they may be starting a a new corner mm. uh, because you've got two two tackles, two ends, a middle linebacker, a weak side linebacker, two safeties, and a corner. So what's left? Corner and a nickel, maybe. Uh, which is where you'd get exposed, right? With a team like Texas Tech, you can't rely on just one guy locking down all these receivers because we're going to throw out four at you every every, every play. Um, Corey Hawkins can't be everywhere. But uh, if they've got a hope for at least this season, it's going to be that they're going to they're have uh, a pretty good defense with a bunch of old guys on it, with a bunch of experience. Um, going up against Texas Tech, though, uh, their defense that gave up 217 pass yards per game 
pass yards, yeah, pass yards per game at six and a half yards per attempt. Texas Tech averaged getting 302 yards at 6.9 yards per attempt. Uh, the defense kept teams to 154 yards on the ground. Texas Tech was running for about 159. A uh, big difference there is they were allowed, Wyoming was allowing teams 4.3 yards per carry where Texas Tech was rushing for just 3.9. Uh, that that number will will increase one because of the offensive line for Texas Tech, but um, just with this this defense, Texas Tech was converting forty two more than forty two percent of the third and fourth downs. The Wyoming defense was allowing teams to convert just under forty percent. Uh, they gave up twenty four points per game. Texas Tech was scoring thirty four points per game. So the spread we mentioned earlier is Texas Tech minus fourteen. That's a lot of points on the road, but. Uh, I think my confidence here, they do have a good defense. Um, just yes, won't be enough for this week. They're going to have Shuck and Brooks and Bradley. as just, you know, the, the three headed monster just right there on, on its own, um, behind the offensive line that we talked about, just the depth top to bottom on the offense, uh, over under, set at 53 and a half. So what is that saying? Uh, projected 35, 21, 30. Yeah. Something like that. 33, 17. I, I promise I can do math. 33, 20, which would be a cover, but shoot. Give me a, give me Texas tech to win this. Obviously give me Texas tech to cover I'm going to take the good guys 45-17. Oh, jumping out there. I'm I'm going to give the defense just a little bit more pause. Um, I, I do think that, you know, like you mentioned before, the, the Gauchos got into it, but I looked up the elevation of Laramie, and it's almost 7,200 feet above sea level. And so it's double what you see here in Lubbock, which is already a pretty high elevation. It's kind of one of those sneaky. things that people don't really, yeah, it's sneaky. It's a sneaky high elevation up here on the, on the cap rock. Um, but I think that's recipe for, I'm back to my kickers, man. Some kickers kicking some field goals. So I've got tech going 38 facing a, a, a formidable defense, a, a, a defense that's, by S&P plus metrics, as good as Texas Tech, supposedly. Uh, I don't know if they have the depth or not, but they obviously have the talent mm-hmm. on the starters. And, um, you know, what they were able to amass last year is really impressive. And and the kind of pressure that these guys can get on the quarterback, even against this uh, more experienced offensive line. It's a, it's an offensive line that, yeah, they're more experienced, but they they might be slightly rusty, some of them. You know, they just haven't seen game time play in a little bit. So I, I've got tech winning 38 and then I'm going to, I'm going to pick Wyoming to go 16. I don't see this offense okay. really scoring or getting in the end zone that much, but man, if they get close, that kicker is going to knock three through. So that that's where my yeah, that's true. 16 comes in. I was, uh, and that gets me the over just barely, just barely. Cause I, I just couldn't take the under the more I was thinking about it, 17 feels like a lot for that offense. Honestly. Yeah. Well, that, and that's why I, that's why I went sixteen because that would just be one one time in the end zone, in theory. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust a little bit. You're changing. Forty five ten. Don't ever change, baby. No, I'm 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 changing the the Texas Tech you defensive performance to hold the Cowboys Ooh. to one fewer touchdown, man. Whew. You're All you're right. really going for a statement victory right out of the gate that's because i think the offense under second year uh coordinators and coaches everybody's in their second year in the system like everybody it should be a step up offensive lines gonna be gonna play a huge part in that too so um where i'm gonna be wrong is that texas tech won't score 45 points they may score 31 maybe but yeah. we're going to lose three plays or something because of the first down stuff. Oh my gosh. Do you want to talk about Clock that? Not no. stopping. <laughs> Do you have a strong opinion on it? I rolled my, I, I don't know if Kyle did, did the math on this or if he just found a tweet that did the math. They, again, it's just like any other sport they're trying to speed up, like, like major league baseball. Um, they're not looking at the actual cause of what's slowing everything down, which is TV and all the commercials. Yeah. We, we can't um, change that. But they want no. to change the uh, the actual gameplay. So they removed, what do you say, like? It was, it was like five plays. I think it was. It was five plays, which was, what was that? It like? was one sample, you know, like like he mentioned. It was week zero, small sample size. But last year, I think most games averaged 68 plays. And now they're averaging 63. So like that. remove five plays, which I think was like, what do you say, 8% of the of the snaps to save 1% of the broadcast time, three minutes over three and a half hours. Yeah. Fantastic work, everybody. Yeah, um, that's really good. Let's, so, let's get some more commercials in there. Yeah. Um, Speaking of commercials, that'll, our I sponsors mean, are, no, I'm just kidding, we don't have sponsors. I I was looking through the notes. We'll we'll have the uh, the the tracker, the official pick tracker to to keep us honest. We both picked this as a win. Uh, obviously, we'll have a um, we'll have an instant reaction Saturday evening. Um, That's right. I'll be in Dallas, but we'll we'll still we'll still make this thing happen. Um, so we'll go live pretty pretty shortly after the game has gone final, if not a little even earlier uh, if the game is in hand, um, depending on how, what the kids are doing. They should be in bed by that point. I mean, it's a 6.30 kick. Uh, I mean, let's see. Three and a half hours puts us at 10. So be looking well, for us to... Three hours, 27 minutes. Okay, 9.57. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just think think we could start three minutes earlier thanks to the, all these these changes. Well, if anything... Uh, the uh, the pace of play with an air raid style offense, man, will uh will slow the game down a little bit. <laughs> Just yeah, kind of ironic that you run more plays and you throw the ball for more excitement, more action, lengthens the game. Whereas if you run the ball and be boring, it speeds it up. But We'll have a we'll have an instant reaction. We'll keep you guys up to date on when that's going to happen. Whether it's going to be towards the end of the fourth quarter as the game is wrapping up, or right after it goes final. If you're following us at twenty three personnel on X, you will see us confirm those details. We will be live. Um, we'll probably just do it all here on on, on, on YouTube, like we do all, every week. We we're not we're not flipping back and forth between eighteen different platforms and trying to keep you guys on your toes. 
um, just uh, just come hang out with us here this in the the YouTube studio at twenty three personnel. If you're not joining us weekly for the live shows, join us for the uh, instant reaction, and then uh, hop over to the Twitter Spaces X Spaces, whatever whatever we're calling these things, um, with the Gauchos as, as they do their week one Gauchos after dark recap. Um, but yeah, man, we got football this weekend. Tech tech football. Can't wait. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up, Michael, and get to what do we learn? What do you think? I'm ready. Let's do it. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. You talked about, uh, pumpkin spice. Can I, can I, can I confess something? Please. I am so pumped for fall. Yes, for well, the me too. cooler weather and for football. Um, we have a handful of those Airwick scent plug-in things around the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a grocery pickup today that included a, a, a batch of the pumpkin spice Air, Airwick plug-in scents and a uh, pumpkin waffle three-wick candle. We are we're leaning into the pumpkin spice, man, and we're, we're going to hold off until September until we get any, any fall decorations up. Uh, we did this summer bucket list thing this year and it was a, a lot of fun. We, 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 we kept busy and it was um, a way to just make sure we did things over the summer that we, we, we made plans and we had this big poster that Samantha designed up in the living room. We were able to like mark things off. Anyways, we got one coming for the fall. All that's going up on Friday, uh, September. That That's when I'll also plug in the sense get that candle fired up and just go all basic. Uh, I almost said it. I just basic, you know what? Spice man. This is you, you are choosing this and I, I support your choice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But, but I, I, what I fear is the constant, you, you know, how the, the, the goalposts get moved every single year. It's like, we, okay, um, well, we're going to start doing pumpkin spice stuff in the 25th. So by the time it is Halloween, everyone is so done with pumpkin spice everything. And they're just dying to get on to peppermint everything. That So, you, you know, before Halloween's even done, Starbucks is going to have their peppermint mocha yep. come out. And then before Christmas, they're going to be out. And it's just, it's just like, when does it stop? When does it stop? Why does it have to just start? Why does it have to keep starting so much earlier? Because then it just runs out and then they shift gears. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super basic. I, I almost always seek out at least one pumpkin spice latte sometime between now and whenever they quit selling them, but not when it's 97 degrees. I just can't do it. We did have a nice little, uh, little downpour tonight. Cool. Yeah, it was very, very fall weather. No, I, I, it'll reset, but like just like annual basis, it'll reset after Christmas because they, they can't get into spring and Easter stuff when it's, we're still looking at snow and everything in, in January, February. Um, but they will. There's going to be like swimsuits. There's going to be swimsuits and stuff and, yeah. you know, pool toys on sale as they're clearing out the Valentine's Day stuff on the 15th of <laughs> February. Yeah, that's true. Um, I also had a pumpkin spice flavored uh, yogurt the other day, and I said, "This is this is delicious." Oh. It's too soon, but it's delicious. Man, I've 
there was one. There was a Greek one. Yeah, that Greek I yogurt. Really so liked. good. Who or, or Nusa? Okay. That's a good yogurt brand. Mm-hmm. But they had like some sort of. Uh, they had some pumpkin one that I really enjoyed too. Can I? I didn't can think I, I would. Give you some perspective on, from my my marketing background, and it blew my mind. It, it didn't blow my mind. Excuse me. It it cracked me up in the store when I was looking at it because it was like Oikos, a triple zero Greek yogurt. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Got like the black packaging, big bold letters, bold colors, like stripes, red and blue. Very manly, masculine packaging. Right next to it uh, is Dannon light and fit Greek yogurt. It's in pale purple and pink packaging. Yeah. It's the same freaking yogurt, Michael. They're both packaged and sold by Dannon, but one's in black packaging and it says triple zero in all caps. And one's <laughs> light and fit and pink and frilly. And it's like they are selling the same yogurt to two different people because we can't not think like, I'm a man. I can't eat yogurt out of a pink package. I can eat that tall, slender yogurt. I need this short, squatty yogurt. Yeah. This is a good kind. They're both great yogurts, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm not, sure. I'm not, I'm not heart like I, I love the Greek yogurt now. Uh, Dano, Danon, Oikos, uh, the Danon flavors that you have a little bit more, uh, more variety there, but the to make some good yogurt. That's all. Yeah, we got kind of we got we got onto a, a Nusa kick there for a while because that's what they had at Costco, mm. and man, really enjoyed theirs. They have a bunch of. You know, they have like lemon and blueberry and they have a lot of fruit in them. Their vanilla is even really good. People sleep on vanilla yogurt. No, that's, like what, that's what I have meat. every day. Vanilla yogurt oh. every morning. Samantha used to put like a, the small little bit of chocolate chips in it. One, because you like the chocolate flavor, but chocolate difference in texture. Um, mm, yes. I just like some just, granola. Yeah, because you can't just crunch into a, a you know chocolate chip. It's, it's going to have some resistance. I could leave that. I, I just give me the straight vanilla yogurt, man. Um, or mix in some fruit. But anyways, what other what other food take we got for the people, Michael? Well, I learned someone posted this. Uh, someone posted a a retro Taco Bell menu, and it's really cool. I tweeted it out earlier this week. It got a lot of traction. Zero retweets and zero likes. You know, like my normal my normal tweets, but it's basically what threw me off is looking at this menu. It's like, I'm looking at a current taco Casa menu. (laughs) It's like whoever founded taco Casa grew up eating taco bell and then got really mad when taco bell changed the menu. And they're like, well, screw it. I'm just going to open my own restaurant. I'm going to have taco Casa. It's also going to be four letters at the end going to slightly use some different colors and I'm just going to serve the same damn menu. And that's what they're doing. You know what cracks it's, me up? It's great. It's, it is, it is almost identical Spencer. Are you seeing this? Oh um, yeah. And I love that they included pronunciation guides. Yes. <laughs> Under taco T a H hyphen C O burrito. Yes. I like, really, what's, what are the, what are, what is the odds that, um, when tortillas get tossed in Laramie, that someone's going to call them taco shells on a TV on a TV broadcast. Soft taco shells. 
The tacos are flying. The uh, soft taco shells are flying here in Laramie. Oh, I, I would love to see just like a you know, 300 style blacking out the sun of uh, with arrows of just tortillas hitting the sky in Laramie. Um, but do you but yeah, just to, a quick run through here. Well, hold on, quick. hold on. Do you, you need, to, do you you need to take out as much of the center of the tortilla and the higher elevation to get to fly? You think? I think that's a myth. I think it's a myth. Okay. I think you need more surface area because the the air is thinner. There you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Would love to see some t- some tortillas flying in Laramie this weekend. So in Chirito, that is, according to this old Taco Bell menu, it's the best of an enchilada and a combination burrito topped with mild red sauce, cheese, and olives. Why the olives? I don't understand there. And. And then so Takakasa makes a chalada, which is the exact same thing. Exact same thing. They also, Taco Bell used to have the Bell Burger, Taco which Casa. I love a good taco burger. Taco Casa has a mm-hmm. taco burger. Uh, the burrito, the bean burrito. It's a staple in Taco Bell. Of course. But back in the day, it was, uh, you could get mild red or spicy green chili sauce with it. Guess what your options are at Taco Casa if you order a bean burrito. You can get mild or spicy, and the colors of sauces are still the same. The spicy is green, and the mild is red. Yep. Exact same. You can get a bowl of frijoles at Taco Casa. You could apparently do that at Taco Bell. Refried you can get pen- tostadas. Love the, the description. Refried pinto beans whipped into a smooth texture. Accented with mild red chili sauce and shredded cheese. It's it's it is kind of bizarre to read all these descriptions because it's obviously meant for people who this is don't like know what Mexican food is. And <laughs> like a, and like a, a text we know we're talking about yeah we're we're talking about fast food. We know that we know that everybody don't come on here and be like, well, that's not what they serve in the mountains of Guadalupe. Like we know that, that but but still, there's so many people that are like frijoles. <laughs> Refried, what? Well, whipped to a smooth. Te- well, all right, okay. I didn't know what a frijole was. It's almost like a, I think I'll try that. Like an intro to Tex-Mex or intro to Mexican food for like the Midwest <laughs> or like the Deep South. <laughs> yes, either or tostada. It's fantastic, and I know I, I like that they picture? clarify that it's always Mexican style beans as if there's another style that they would put <laughs> ranch style beans or just like, <laughs> well, yeah, French style. We, we got some Boston baked style, be- <laughs> some Boston beans in here. No, the, the menu yeah. pictures on the orange to yellow gradient, still a thing. <laughs> so yeah, the next time you're at Taco Casa, just think, Oh, this must've been what it was like to be in at Taco Bell in 1975 or whatever. Also, Taco Bell start the the drink options, Pepsi, just orange, <laughs> just says orange, root beer, and coffee. <laughs> coffee, that's what I always want with a, a nice bowl of frijoles is black coffee, big mm-hmm. cup of coffee. If that's not just like gastro intel, like GI redundancy there. Well, I think I will try one of those in Cheritos. Yeah. All right, man. Take it home. It's reheatable. 
It says on the thing. <laughs> it's fantastic. Okay, that's all I got. That's all I got. It's game week, man. We had to bring it back to our roots, but it is game week. That'll do it for us in the 23 Personnel Podcast, getting you ready for the first game of the 2023 season. Texas Tech heading up to Wyoming to take on the Cowboys. Michael and I are both very bullish on this team, this this game. Covering the 14-point spread. Uh, we'll hit you with the instant reaction Saturday night. Until then, guns up. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.